I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 3. And the whole Bible is God's Word. It's a wonderful and awesome book, the Bible. And when you ever stop to think about it, who wrote the Bible? It's Almighty God did. The Bible came from an infinite mind, which is Almighty God. And He wrote it, and He has given it to us. And, and only a pity that the world pays no attention to the Bible. We know without a doubt that all of God promises that He has made to His people, He will bring it to pass. He will fulfill His promises to His people. Whether we are living when He comes, or whether we are previously died, or those who have been dead for thousands of years, won't prevent the fulfillment of God's promises to His people. And that's a great hope for us as we look forward to His return and and so forth. But in Proverbs chapter 1, Verse 1, God says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. And right off the back you see who are the sons of God. All When you read through Proverbs, you see it. My son, my son, my son. He's speaking about his elect, the true believers. We are sons of God. Not in the way that Christ was. Because the Bible tells us that we are adopted sons of God. We are adopted into the kingdom of God. And here he speaks about my son and what that entails to be a son of God. We, what do we really deserve? We deserve to be destroyed forever. And yet God would call us his son. is simply amazing. That God would call us his sons and his daughters. When we have truly become a child of God, that's what we are and with all that is entailed, all the promises of God, and that we reign with Him, and we are the true inheritors of the new heaven and new earth, and you could just go on and on and on and on and on about this, that what, what all that entails to be a son of God. He tells us that we reign with Him. Wow, you know, what's that? We reign with Him. And He says when we become saved, we're seated with Him in the heavenlies. If you're a child of God now, we're seated with Him, and look at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, speaking to the true believers, you see this throughout the book of Proverbs. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments within thee. And the only way that we're going to, we won't forget or keep the law of God is when God truly saves a person. That's when the true believers are going to keep his commandments. We're going to be obedient to what God says to us from the Bible. And he says in Proverbs 3, My son, forget not my law. God has truly saved us. We won't, we can't forget the law of God. The law of God is the whole Bible. The Bible is a law book. It is for all his elect. It's particular for his elect. The Bible is. And it condemns the wicked. And you, you could just go on and on. Look at, uh, Proverbs 4 verse 20. Turn over to the next page. The next page, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. He said, my son, attend to my words. And the true believers will attend to the word of incline thine ear unto my sayings. And the whole Bible is the sayings of God. We're going to, God has inclined our heart to attend to his commandments, to do what he says. And even when it's not pleasant to say, the true believers will uh, attend to God's commandment. We will take heed to it because God has done a work of grace within the heart of that person. So we will 
love the word of God, we're, we're going to attend to it. We will do what he says. And we, we can't forget it. Because remember, when God saves us, he has given us the heart of Christ. That's what he has given to us. God, Holy Spirit comes and he indwells us. And we can't forget the law of God. We're going to, when you read on in the book of Psalms, God, we're going to meditate. Look at Psalm 119. We're going to meditate on the word of God. We love the word of God. There's no other book we would want to, we would want to read other than the Bible. And the world is filled with all sorts of books and whatever topic it is. And there is none that can hold a candle to the word of God. You can't talk about it enough. You can't memorize it enough. You can't study it enough. Uh, you name it. Because God's word to the child of God is everything. That's our hope, the word of God. And we know that the God who wrote the Bible, it's impossible for him to lie to us. So we're going to feed on the word of God. We're going to soak it in. And when we're taught anything from the Bible, we're going to check it out. Because we never want to trust man. No one. We only trust the Bible. We should be, all of us should be like the Bereans of old. We're going to see whether these things that was taught to me is faithful. And if it's found to be faithful, we thank God for it. And that's what we want as being sons of God. We love the word of God. Uh, Proverbs chapter 7, verses 1 to 3 it says, here he goes again, my son, keep my words. And keeping God's word is to do what he says. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Obedience. Uh, obedience is not an option for the child of God. We're going to do what he says, no matter what. We're going to do what he says. My son, keep my words and lay my commandments up within thee. It's something that God does. Keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers and write them upon the table of thine heart. It's something that God does. We don't do anything. God does that. So when God has saved us, that's what we desire. We want to do what he says. We have a true desire to do it God's way. And we're only happiest when we're being obedient to his commandments. See, that's what we want. We are adopted sons of God, and that's what we want to do. We want to do what he says. Um, I think it says in, it's in Romans, Romans 8, I believe, that God tells us that we are an adopted sons of God. Uh, Romans, I believe it's 8. Romans 8, verse uh, 14. Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That tells us we are His sons. And what a, what a blessing that is that God would call us His sons of God. It's, it's mind-boggling that He would do that. But that's what the Bible teaches. And another passage over there in Galatians, uh, Galatians, I believe, 4. In Galatians 4. Uh, Galatians chapter 4. I think it's verse 4. He says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem that them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons, he tells us. And verse 6, And because of your sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, 
uh, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. What a blessing that is. And it seems that uh, we're at the very end of this world existence. And there we will reign with him forever. And God tells us other parts in the Bible that he freely gives us all things. Spiritual, you know, people have the right idea. Think all this is physical. But here he tells us what we are, that we are adopted sons of God through Christ. What Christ done. It's not our doing. And God just goes on and on to pour it on us how we're, we're, we're adopted sons of God. And in um, 1 John, I believe, chapter 3, it gives us a little bit more information there too about it. In 1 John chapter 3, verses uh, 1 and 2. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. What manner of love is that? Wow, God has forgiven us all of our sins. Every single one of them. It won't come back to us again. Christ has paid for them from the foundation of the world. And that we, that we should be called sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. But it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Or we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. So this God just goes on to drive the point home to us that we are sons of God when He's truly saved us. And what a blessing that is, that God has given to us such an awesome blessing to be calling us His sons. And because He has given us a new heart, we are going, we cannot forget the law of God because He has written it upon our heart. He has given us the heart of Christ and that's what the true believer wants to do. We want to be obedient, whether you're, no matter what age you might be, that desire should be there that God has, we have that desire, Lord, what will you have me to do? We want to do it God's way, no matter what. Don't worry about what the world says or think. The world is always going to be against God. They're always going to look at the world in which we live in. God uh, gives us his commandment about all sorts of things and the world could care less about it. This world's sin has multiplied and multiplied. And as we see how mankind is shaking his fist at Almighty God, they want to do their thing. They love their sin and they're not ashamed of it. Mankind is not ashamed of his sin. And you share God's word with them and they, you see, see, they become very defensive because God's word is judging them and they don't want to hear it. So he continue on in his own rebellious way. But... Here God tells us that in Proverbs chapter 3 that my son forget not thy law but let thine heart. See that's the key there. The heart. See the heart keep my commandments. The heart. See God has to give us a new heart to do what he says in the keeping of his commandments. If God has not given us a new heart we cannot keep his commandments. We can't keep it. You could try and try and try but if you're not a child of God, you're still yet in rebellion against Him. 
And it's going to be a burden to you because God has not given that person a new heart. So he can't. Yeah, you could live morally. You could live a moral life. You could, But that heart is not changed, though. But if God has changed that person's heart, it's our new nature. Because remember, at salvation, what happened? God came and indwelled that person to the Holy Spirit. God did. So if God is in that person, what will be our desire? It's our new nature to want to do what God says. For instance, if here's a husband who is truly saved, and what is the command to the husband? Husband, love your wives. Is he going to argue with that verse? If he's truly a child of God, no. He says, husband, loves your, love your wives, as Christ loved the church. Mind you, we can't do it of ourselves. We can't. We have to go to God. Oh, Lord, help me to love my wife. Because that's his command to me. <laughs> You know, you don't have to do it, oh, today I'm going to wake up and I don't love my wife. No, it's an unconditional thing because God has commanded me to. It's a command. Children, obey your parents. Only when mom and dad is giving me gifts, I'm going to love mom and dad. No, it's a command to do what he says. So we're not going to argue with it. A true believer won't. If You know, when the beauty of God, where it is, it's going to correct us. And some corrections are not easy, you know. We're still in this body of ours, which is now we can't use our bodies for an excuse either. And we should never do that. But when God says to the husband, love your wives, because she's a good cook, no. Or whatever the case might be, no, we're going to love her no matter what. See, that's the command of God. God commands us in these, these days to feed sheep. Many people are arguing with it. Why do this? Why do that? No. God is, we do it. Because God says this. And God gives us all these commands. Mind you, we can't keep it perfectly, but we're going to God, oh Lord, help me today to be obedient to your commandments. Because, you know, we, 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 we don't have, we have no strength or wisdom in ourselves. So the child of God is constantly going to God for help. Remember we cry, Abba Father. We always are going to God, oh Lord, in all situations. Lord, help me. Help me to do this. Lord, give me wisdom in this situation. Because we're never relying on our own understanding or wisdom. We're always going to God as a little child. To go to Him, Lord, help me with this situation. Lord, we pray. Remember the Bible says, pray without ceasing. We're always going to God for everything. Because we don't want to trust our own wisdom. So no matter what situation it is in our life, in a true believer's life, we're constantly praying. We're constantly praying. We're constantly praying. In a difficult situation, Lord, may your will be done. We bring it before the throne of God and we leave it there. See, that's what a child of God does. We want to pray. Nobody has to force you to do it. You're laying in your, in your bed at night. You're troubled about something. We can pray. You're driving down the street. You're praying. You, you pray. We pray. We pray. We pray. You're on a track trip. You pray. You pray. You pray. Oh, Lord, direct our way. So we're not relying upon our own wisdom or strength. We should never do that. we always going to God. A son of God, we always go into him for all things. For all things, we, we just constantly pray. We pray, we pray. I can't insist on that enough because God commands us to pray to him. He says, pray without ceasing. All these are commands of God that we should go to him about the most 
simple thing we, we pray, and the most difficult things we pray, that his perfect will, will be done, because we know that God understands the situation far better than we could ever know. So we're always going to him for everything, for everything, because he is our Heavenly Father. And we have that confidence that he will never reject us. Or, are you coming again about the same thing? We will never hear that. We always, always go into God for, for, for help. And here is my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. That new heart that God has given to us, want to keep the commandment of God, no matter what. We, is this, is this the nature of the child of God. Remember, I'm going to skip over here to, um, you remember that passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6? It's a very familiar passage. It says, uh, verse 6 says, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. See where God is focusing at? The heart. That the heart, the heart of Christ that He has given to us, that thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them as thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest in the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and 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 they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. See, God's word is precious to the child of God. It is precious to us. What would we know without the Bible? Nothing. But God in His wisdom has given us this wonderful book, the Bible, and, and you could spend all, your whole lifetime just studying the Bible, studying the Bible, and we will never come to the, to the end of it. You see, this, this, the wonderful thing about God's Word to the child of God. There's nothing like it. Especially when God has given you spiritual eyes to see. When he is, when he is given that, that new heart that wants to keep his commandments. And we can't, there's, no matter what people say, and the wonderful thing about it, we're not ashamed of the Bible. We're not ashamed to go out with, in the world with, with the Bible, with God's word and what it, what it declares to, to the world. It may not be pleasant and not what the world wants to hear about judgment day, that the whole world is under judgment. But the Bible declares it, and that's what we want to declare. Um, in Romans 1, God gives us a little information there. As God moved the Apostle Paul to write these things, he tells us in Romans 1. Uh, in Romans 1 there, God tells us that in Romans 1, verse 14, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me is I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. See God's word to the true, to the true believer. We're not ashamed of it. We are not ashamed to declare to the world that the world world is under judgment. And although mankind is gonna, uh, he's gonna be angry at us or whatever the world says, and you're reminding the world that they're under judgment, and yet they don't want to hear it. 
mankind is not ashamed of his sin. You see the parades out there as mankind paraded sin on in front of the, te- the television. He's not ashamed of it. Their, their sin, they're, they're proud of it to display who they are. And they should be ashamed of their, of their life, their life, but they're not. But the true believers were not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. We, sh- although as we declare it, as we declare it, uh, mankind is gonna up in arms over it. Why are you saying this? Why are you telling the people this or scare them? Well, they should be scared, but they're not. So we're not ashamed to declare to the world in these days that we're at the very edge of eternity. And as many of us go forth in the world, you'll get the funny looks or the stares and and the pointing a finger and the laughing at. Don't let that bother us. We shouldn't be deterred by that when we're bringing the the gospel of Christ. Um, The apostles, they went to a lot as they proclaimed the gospel. As remember, uh, in Acts chapter 5, remember that incident in Acts chapter 5, verse when, can't read through the whole chapter, but in um, Acts chapter 5, it's about uh, Ananias and Sapphira, when, when God, for lying to the Holy Spirit, and God brought judgment upon them right there. The apostles that they brought the, brought the gospel as they were being persecuted, because they weren't ashamed of the gospel. Uh, in verse 14 of Acts chapter 5, here God tells us, And believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. You know, trade trade was just starting out and God was saving. In so much that they brought forth the sick, sick unto the, into the streets in the, and laid their hands, lay, and laid on beds and couches and at the least the shadow of Peter passing might overshadow them. Uh, let me move on a little bit. Verse 16, And there came also multitudes out of the city round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed everyone. Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with, with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. You see what happens when the true gospel is being proclaimed? It brings forth the, the anger of man. It, the angry. And look at verse 18. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Because they're not ashamed of the gospel. They're, they're proclaiming the gospel to the world. And... um and it goes, and uh, I'm trying to skip over some of these here. Verse 26. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that he should not teach in this name? And behold, he have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. We don't worry about what man says when we bring the gospel. We're going to be humble about it. And it goes on, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom he slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to bring 
repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. That was, was their, their intent. And did they go away in fear and were scared to continue on with the, sharing the gospel? No. We, we continue on with the gospel in a humble fashion. If we are driven from one city, you go to the next. One street corner, you go to the next. But that's how man reaction is to the gospel. And in verse 40 of the same chapter, and to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. So, when we go forth in the world, we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So, we shouldn't be shocked when man's response to the gospel is negative or things like in that nature. We shouldn't be surprised. One other thing, that word shame there, if you look it up in the concordance in verse 41, is this used as, um, it is, it is translated as despised. One way it's used in James 2, 6. And in Luke 20, 11, is, is, uh, is translated as they were entreated shamefully as they brought, as they brought the gospel. And in John 8, 49, it's used as dishonor. So, these things will happen to the child of God as we go out with, with the gospel. Back over in Proverbs chapter 3, where God says in verse 2, For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. When God saves us, God tells us that he has given us eternal life. There's no question about that. God has, I know during the church age, some people think you could lose it, your salvation, then that's not possible. God's word tells us for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. So, when God saves us, he's given us long life. Not physical life on this earth. It's eternal life. God has given to us. And he's, and we are at peace with God, the Bible says, and, 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 and so forth. But that long, that long, the length of days which we, he has given to us is eternal life that God has given to us. And what a blessing that is. You remember this study, Chris, the day, uh, other day about the, the throne of the water coming out of the, the, the throne of God. And you say, who's, who's the source of it? God. Eternal life that God has given to his son. And we could never lose that. Our life in this world could end today, tomorrow. But for the child of God, he has given us eternal life. And peace really in that verse there is, is Christ. Is Christ. God is our peace. He is the Prince of Peace that He has given to us. He's given us long life, the Bible says, long life and peace to His Son. You know, you don't know what to say because we're undeserving of it. That God would give us long length of days, He says, and long life, which is eternal life, which He has given to us 
and peace. Christ is our peace. And he is the Prince of Peace. And we're no longer at war with him when God saves a person. And the blessings just goes on and on for the child of God and to, for his son. And it goes on and says, So shall thou find favor, favor is grace, and good understanding in the sight of God and men. But the verse that I want to focus on is verse 5. Verse 5 of Proverbs 3. God says, Trust in Jehovah. Trust in Jehovah. And, you know, God has given us that trust. That's faith. You know, Christ is faith and he has given us that trust in Jehovah with all our hearts. See, God comes back to the heart again. This is the heart, the new heart that God has given to us. But when you look at this verse and when you look at um, unsafe man, he doesn't trust God at all. He trusts in his own wisdom, in his own ideas, what some other man tells them. Or whatever the case might be, he trusts in his money, something he can see. He trusts in whatever the case he has, he's trusting in. But his trust is not in Jehovah. But God's God says, trust in Jehovah, which the Son of God will. He is our trust. What else are you going to trust? What the world does? Remember, all you see, in, all you can see with your eyes are temporal. There's nothing to trust in in this life. You trust in your bank account. Or you could help because you're young and healthy. Or your family history. That's not going to work. God tells us, the true believers, God is our trust. God is. And who, who else would the true believer trust? We can't trust ourselves. The true believer trusts in Jehovah. And he says, with all thine heart. Which is the heart that God has given to us. Remember, he has given us the heart of Christ. It's not our own uh, wisdom or strength, our ideas. We trust God's word, the Bible. Because the Bible is absolute truth. We're not going to trust in our own wisdom. We should never do that. Because when you read through the rest of the verse, it says, Trust in Jehovah with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. So God is telling us, don't trust what you think is right. We only trust the Bible. When God is teaching something from the Bible, that's and it's, we found that it's, it's true, that's what we trust. You know, that's what we we should hang our our life on, is God's word, the Bible. I'm not talking about a trust between two brothers or two friends. That's, 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 you know, that, that could change overnight. Two friends could not trust each other anymore. But when it comes on to God's word, the Bible, that's what we hang our trust is. It's not in our own wisdom. But let's look at, um, um, let's look at a couple of verses about the unsafe. The unsaved man, he, he trusts in his own, for instance, go over to Proverbs 28. Let's, let's start out with that verse. In Proverbs 28, verse 26. Proverbs 28, Verse 26. Let's start at verse 24. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother and saith, it is, it is no transgression, the same is the companion of a destroyer. He that is proud, he that of a proud heart, which are the 
the unsaved, they have a proud heart because remember it says, pride goeth before them. Pride goeth before the unsaved. He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife. Unsaved man, he's not at peace. He's not. He's not at peace with, with God at all. But he that putteth his trust in Jehovah shall be made fat, which are the true believers. Their trust is in God. And it says in verse 26, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. So God is telling us right there, don't trust in your own wisdom or in your own heart because God calls you a fool. Our trust should only be in God's word, the Bible. You hear people say, well, I think this is right. I don't see nothing wrong with that. They may not see that's, that's nothing wrong with it. Well, you see sin in our day. Like this big sin of homosexuals. Ask most people in the world if they see anything wrong with it. They'll tell, they tell you no. They're trusting in their own ideas and their own thoughts. What they perceive to be true. And it's completely contrary to God's word, the Bible. Completely contrary to it. Uh, you may hear people, the world doesn't see anything wrong. Because the whole world now is under God's judgment. So we should really expect anything to come out of man's, unsaved man's mouth. You see, it's, 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 the heart is going to manifest itself, and as, as we see, as sin multiplies all over the world. I remember when we were in a, a recent track trip, as we went about the city to pass out tracks, you see the big signs on light posts or whatever, abortions. It's advertised everywhere you see it. Free and safe abortions. Many people see nothing wrong with it. But according to God's word, it is murder. We should never kill an unborn child. You see, so mankind, the unsaved, he's relying on his own thoughts and ideas. And it's in total contrary and rebellion against God's word. So it says here, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, wisely, who are going to walk wisely? The true believers, because we're trusting in God's word, the Bible, he shall be delivered. Delivered from what? Christ is the, is the deliverer. We're delivered from the wrath of God. We won't be destroyed on that last day. Those who are truly a, 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 a child of God. Um, look at First Corinthians chapter three. First uh, Corinthians chapter three. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 19. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 19. Uh, for the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in his own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. See, unsaved man. His, his thoughts are vain, and his wisdom is foolishness with, with, with Christ. You see, mankind is in rebellion against, against God. Uh, go over to Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 and 2. A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright. But the mouth 
of fools poureth out foolishness. He's coming in out of his heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, so out of the heart of the unsaved, because God is not his trust, pours out foolishness. It's, it's nothing comes out of his mouth that is God glorifying, because it, it, the, the tongue is revealing what's going on in the heart of the unsaved. He comes out. He comes out. And remember, God says cursing and bitterness and, and these things are in his heart. And because he doesn't have the heart of Christ, it comes out. It, it manifests. It manifests itself. It says, and there it says, trust in Jehovah with all thine heart. The Bible tells us. And the true believers trust God because God has given them that, that new heart, that trust in the word of God. It's not in ourselves. It's in Christ. And it's, and he goes on to, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Here we're living in a day where God has opened up the word of God to the hearts of his people. Is this coming out of the heart of man? No. It's not God has opened up the word, his word to us. We're learning for the past several years, past several years, we're learning uh, about the faith of Christ. We're learning about the church age is over. We have learned from the Bible, the tribulation period, we're learning. Uh, we learn all these things that great multitude that was saved outside the churches. All these are from the Bible. It's not from the mind of a human being. It's from God's word, the Bible. Many of us have checked it out and we see that it's true. And we're learning so much things now that hell is annihilation, that God doesn't have a place that he's going to burn men up and he's going to burn in hell forever. That's what man would prefer. So that's all he's going to get, this wicked person. Did all this wickedness and all he's gonna get is, he, he's, he's dead and that's it? Well, the person's dead. What else can you do, do to him? <laughs> you know, you, you know, we're learning that God is not gonna, he, God is not gonna reconstitute his body and bring him to life again and then throw him in a place called hell to burn forever. God, you know, he's gonna resurrect the bodies of the true believers, give them a glorified spiritual body. But we learn that the unsaved, he's dead forever. He's done. He's rubbed that out of the book of life and he will, he will never come into existence again. And many of us have unsaved loved ones. God has been merciful to them that when they're, they, they have died or when God comes, that's it. He wipes them out. They're not going to be suffering in an eternal punishment as we thought the Bible was teaching, but God has since then corrected us. See the one thing about a child of God, we take correction from the Bible. I've been corrected in many things about God's word, the Bible. And we welcome correction from from the Bible. We should never resist it. Somebody corrects you, you open the Bible up, you, you check it out, you see these things yourself, you turn away from it. Humility. God tells us to walk in humility. God's word is given for correction and training in righteousness. So if somebody corrects you from the Bible about teaching or a belief you had or I had, we should thank God for it. So that way we could walk more humbly and more faithfully before God. But we should never argue. Many people come to the Bible, they're not looking for truth, they're looking to argue or to prove your point. We should never do that. We come to the Bible, Lord, you teach me. We, Lord, you teach me thy commandments. That's how we come. We come very humble before God. You see, and we, we ask God, for, for, for correction or, or God's truth because he tells us he resists the proud. 
We should never come to God that way. But here, God tells us that we should never lean on our own wisdom. Here, the Bible teaches that the whole world is under judgment. We've been to the tribulation. All these goes all the way back. I remember when Mr. Camping started teaching this in the early 90s. You know, the early 90s, I, I believe, if, 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 I'm, if I'm correct. And boy, when I first heard it, it just went right over my head, you know, <laughs> keep going over my head till you start to pray all the way. Is this so what he's teaching? And you, you go to the Bible. This is our source book, the Bible. You go there and the verses he offered, you check it out. You check it out. And maybe God in his mercy in time will open your understanding to it. And when he does, you glorify God and that he is giving you such wonderful truth from, from the Bible. We just begin the other day to, a few years ago to understand really the nature of salvation. You know, we start understanding about, about these things, the tribulation period and, and, and all these things we're, we're beginning to learn because we had it wrong. Had it completely wrong, but God in his mercy, in his timing, he began to open the, 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 the Bible to the hearts of his people and the light dawn and we glorify God on, in, in, in these things. But here in verse six, God goes on and says, in all thy ways, it's not some things in our life. All our way, he says, uh, we, we, we should acknowledge ways we acknowledge him and he will direct our path. God does in all our whole life. Lord, what will you have me to do? You go to God's word and for, 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 for correction and Lord, what will you have me to do? We go to the Bible and we ask God for wisdom to direct us, to teach us. And, and you know, we, some things, you know, it's difficult to see or understand and or to proclaim, but if that what God's word declares, then <laughs> The true believers will declare it. Or if we have a practice in our life or a doctrine that is not true to God's word, we immediately turn away from it. In all our way, we acknowledge God. We, we Lord, you're asking for directions about everything. As I said earlier, we go to God in prayer. Oh, Lord, help me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know. Give me strength, oh, Lord. I'm, I'm afraid of this situation. We go to God with it. We pray. We pray. We pray. We're constantly praying for strength and for wisdom and these things in God's Word, the Bible. And that's how the child of God is. You see, we, we, we don't rely on, and you don't feel sorry for ourselves either because you start feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, it's not good. And he goes on and says, uh, and he goes to verse 7, be not wise in thine own eyes. In other words, God is repeating it to us. Don't be think you, Mister or Mrs. Know it all. No, we don't, because remember now we're 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 still in a body that's not saved, and sin could rear its ugly head in our life. It can, but the true believer won't stay there. If we recognize the sin, we're gonna immediately turn away from it. You know, oh Lord, you know, help me, and we we go to God. It says it says here, in all thy ways acknowledge Him. Verse seven: Be not wise in thine own eyes; fear Jehovah. And depart from evil. We, that's how the child of God is. We, 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 we turn away from evil. We, we, and, 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 and so forth. We're not wise. God is, 
eternal God. He knows all things. So why would you want to trust your own thoughts and ideas? Well, we should never do that. We always go to God's word, the Bible. We always go to him again and again for directions and, and so forth in, in our life. And we should never stop. We should never stop going to God over and over again for all things. Uh, I think I'm, I'm out of time here, but maybe I have a lot more to say, but I think I better stop here and and uh, take a break and Chris will have his study. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for thy word, the Bible. So glad, O oh Lord, that your people have the true source with we could come and we could come into the very throne room of God and let our requests be being made known to God. And God says the peace of God will keep your heart. And how wonderful it is that we could, you have allowed us to come to you and just pour out our hearts before you. And we know we have that trust and the confidence that we don't have to lean on our own thoughts or ideas or our own knowledge of anything. We have a heavenly father who is almighty God, who spoke and created this world and brought this world into existence. And we could go directly to him and we could leave all our issues with God knowing that all things work together for good for those who love thee. Oh, Father, what what a privilege and a blessing that is to your people. Oh, Lord, we want to pray for our families, pray for all of us who are here, pray for Chris as he bring forth your study and the question and answer. We pray, Lord, may your perfect will be done in all things. And, oh, Lord, as we, all the signs are pointing to in a few weeks that we could be at the very end of this world and, Father, we just have us just to relax and in thy hand because we know that, the true believers know that nothing will separate us from the love of God. And that's from your, your word, the Bible. You, you, you told us these things and you, in so many ways that no one can snatch us away from, from thee. Are you the one who keep us? And oh Lord, we want to pray also for the mission trip again to team that is in Brazil. Pray that you will be with them this day as they go forth feeding sheep. Pray that you'll give Gunther wisdom and strength and as they go forth. And we ask, oh Lord, that you will give them traveling mercies as they go about the city of Sao Paulo and pray for all the trips that are coming up in the next few weeks. Oh Lord, that you will work out all the details of these trips also. And oh Lord, we want to pray once again for our families and all of us who are here. We pray, oh Lord, that could it be that all things be done to the praise of thy glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.